This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Consignment Heroes, heard Sunday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Consignment Heroes, Heard Sunday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. How to sell your stuff. How to get rid of stuff. Paul Kenny and his son Bogart from Storage Wars Canada are about to unlock the secrets to stuff on Zoomer Radio. What sort of value do they put on your stuff? That depends on how well you sell it. As we begin taking your calls on Consignment Heroes... The one-hour phone-in show, all about stuff. Good afternoon. We are live. This is Consignment Heroes, and its star, Paul Kenny, is in studio. You know him from Storage Wars Canada and Northern Treasures. Our phone lines are open. If you have a question about something you own that you think might have some special value, you can call in live this hour and get a free assessment, whether you own gold, silver, fine china, figurines, sports cards, memorabilia, antiques, whatever you have, an old piece of jewelry. Maybe it's broken and you don't know what to do with it. Maybe it's old coin collection, stamp collection, who knows, sports Sports cards. You can call in right now and get a free assessment of its real-time market value. Our phone number in studio is 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. If you're out of town, it's toll-free. You can call this number, 1-866-740-4740. That's 1-866-740-4740. Paul, Kenny, how are you? Doing great. We had a fantastic week, and I actually have to finish off a couple things of business from last week. Number one, I still have uh, a wheelchair and a walker that I'm giving away free, okay? And someone might be giving me one of those hospital beds that I can donate as well. I haven't got that yet, but I do have the wheelchair that I still want to give to a worthy cause. The other thing is, last week I talked to people about uh, calling and we needed help with listing these CDs and, and I'm trying to hire some people. I did <laughs> You're hi- looking to our audience. Yeah. Well, wait a minute, though. I hi- No, I got to hire two people and I've got, I've got, we've got four more positions. I am going to get back to some of the people on the, that called last week, uh, some more of them. It's just that it took a little bit more. It was easy for me to say it on the, on the, the radio here what, and say, here, this is what I need. When I got back to my store, my staff said, you did What? And they said, well, it's going to take us a while to teach people. It only took, you know, an hour or two to break people in. But we had to set up a, a system, as they put it. So wow. that's worked out. That's working out. We've, we've set a couple people up already. And Wait, so you are, you, are, you are doing an open casting call again. You need people to help work through some of your material. They can work from home. Yes. You're, you're literally calling, calling on people to call in right now to, to get a job. Yes. Yes. Wow. Well, no, this is I, great. No, I'm, I'm helping the unemployment. And I'm helping people pay off their debts. That's how I'm looking at it. And some people just want to enjoy it. Or, or somebody who's retired with too much time on their hands. Right? Yes. And it is very, very easy. We've had the people who've done it, have, uh, once they've set up the first hours, a little bit uh, uh, getting used to. But once you put 10 or 15 on, then it's just like making hamburger. 
You know, it's, wow, it's this just station, a hey, Zoomer radio, keep you entertained, keep you employed, do everything in between. It's a, yes, <laughs> we do yes. it all now. Okay, we do it all. I don't know if I, I can do this, can't I? No. Yes, I did uh, it. If you I'm... ask that question, you're probably not going to like the answer. So just do what you're going to do and beg yeah. for forgiveness later. Yeah, better to say sorry. Yeah, than ask for forgiveness. Okay. The other thing I wanted to talk and I wanted to say last week, I have my own little Johnny Bauer um, story. And um, I was so sad to hear about his passing, but I want to mm. say, I want to add to what a gentleman and what a wonderful human being that Johnny Bauer was and how he helped me. Uh, in 1992, we used, I used to own a, uh, a uh, large comic book and uh, sports card facility at the 400 and 401. We had about 25,000 square feet. We were the largest probably in the world. And... Um, this is when sports cards were all in their heyday, and they were making millions of them. You couldn't get enough of them. And the Toronto, uh, Toronto Blue Jays won the World Series. And I think Pat Borders was uh, the MVP. Well, I had to have Pat Borders reneged on me at the last moment. He says, I can't come and do your show. And we were having a signing thing coming on. Wow. So I call up Johnny, and uh, without even one second of hesitation, I'm glad to help you. And, and at the end of it, when I asked, um, and when they said, well, what do I owe you, Johnny? And he says, just give me some money, just give some money to the church. Wow. And he made everyone who came there, I didn't get a single complaint that we had Johnny Bauer there instead of Pat Borders. You know what I mean? Everybody, he, had, he made everyone feel good, signed everything, and he was just, um, all I can say, a wonderful human being. And just how he handled it. But that's my Johnny Bauer. I had him four or five times coming into sign. But this one here, it was on one day's notice. And it was like, yes, I'll be glad to help you. Not anything else. You know, I'll be glad Amazing. to help you. And it just, um, I, I get tears in my eyes and just thinking about what a nice guy he was and how he helped me. And I'm sorry to see him go. And, and, uh, but he, he, did, he did a lot of good things for a lot of, good, a lot of people. But I that, know that story. You've told me that story, I think, a couple of years ago. And you'd always say, oh, wow, Johnny Bauer, this, that, the other. So yeah. it's not just a well-timed story for, no. that you just thought of now. You tell this story to a lot of people because you also say a lot of uh, hockey stars and pro athletes, they're not the greatest to get an autograph from. You know, so, no. so it does stick out when a guy has all the patience in the world and then wants all proceeds to go to whatever church is nearby. That's pretty nice. Oh, no, it was, it was so nice. And it was just, but that was just Johnny. And I know that other people who've met Johnny will say, yep. That's how he was with me as well. It wasn't that he was, he didn't put on one face for the people. And another one, I think, when he was at home, he was just nice all the time, you know. And like I said, uh, I, I forgot, not forgot, but we got so carried away in last week's show, I forgot to say that story. And it just, uh, I remembered it during the week. I said, you know, I want to talk. That's my own little, my thoughts on Johnny Bauer. And, and like I say, he was a wonderful, wonderful human being. But, well, you're not alone in that thought. Our first caller is Walt from London. He happens to have a Johnny Bauer autograph. Okay. Walt, how are you? Welcome to Zoomer Radio. Yes, I'm good. How are you doing? Good. I like your show. I try to listen every weekend. Thank you. Yes. Oh. Well, through some unusual happenstance, I uh, end up in L.A. at a nightclub with Johnny Bauer and Rick Kelly one night. <laughs> wow. Nice. nice. And I said, my friends will never believe this because it's the only hockey game I ever went to. NHL, and uh, I got their autograph. Yep. Uh, Le and he signed it, Len, dot, dot, red, dot, dot, Kelly. Because right. I had Red, Len, red Kelly at a, at a show for signing as well. Right. Nice gentleman. 70s now. 
Pardon? It's back in the 70s now. Yeah, but I think he would have probably signed it the same way. He was meticulous. He should have been... A, if he yeah, wasn't Walt, a, is that how your signature appears? I'm telling you right now, I'm looking for this thing and I can't find it. It's here, but yeah. I can't find it. It's in my collection here. Red's okay. still with us. He's... Uh, no, but uh, Paul was saying the dot, dot, dot in between. I wonder if he was doing that back then. I don't know. I'll have to find it. I'll call you back. Yeah. Red was quite a dancer at that time. <laughs> but Johnny so, Barr wouldn't go up in the dance floor. <laughs> what did he sign it on? What what kind of... Is it on a piece of paper? Is it on a card? What is he autograph on? I think it was on a... Was there programs in those days from the hockey games? And it was in L.A.? Yes. Yeah. Well, if it's on a program and dated from that, then you'll get a little bit extra nice to have them on there. But I would think Bolton, something like that, I'd be putting $50 on it. How much? $50. $50, eh? Well, For the two of them. And because Johnny, I'm going to say this about John, because Johnny was such a nice person, yeah. he never refused anyone signing his really? autograph. And he was a nice guy. So his autograph's not rare. It's just, I just get the warm thoughts about thinking about him. Right. And what a wonderful person. And I have his autograph as well. He signed it off to my kids. And I wouldn't sell it. Right. Because every time I look at it, that one there brings back memories. Right. And that, that's partly what this show is about. I mean, sometimes is, is, is the memories that they bring back. And, sometimes, and people will ask, sometimes they'll bring something into me and say, I just want to know the value. I do not want to sell it. Mm -hmm. I, I so you're saying more. it is a popular collectible, but because he signs so much, there's a lot of people who have a piece of yeah. that legacy with his autograph. So it's yeah. not worth hundreds, but it's worth something. Yeah. I had driven my, uh, just purchased a 1957 Chevy convertible, and I drove it down to the fairly new arena down there in L.A. I thought I wanted to see the arena. Mm -hmm. Nice. And I ended up there at the bar with them. It's a weird story. <laughs> oh, wait, uh, wait. I also have a note here that you have an old TTC map you're curious about. Yes, around the same era. In the, back in the 70s, they must have extended the uh, subway line and maybe yep. towards Scarborough. Mm -hmm. A couple of stops, and the old maps above the doors were obsolete. And they went down and got a couple of those black maps that now light up with the stops. Oh, cool. Oh, okay, so you have one of those? I was going to beg Bauer steal some of the advertising to along with it and put it along the top of my room <laughs> by the ceiling, but I never got around to it. I yeah. came back to London after about six months out there. If I had something like that, I'd probably be putting the same about 50 to $75 on because a lot of people, they did give them away at the end, but a lot of people yeah. didn't save them, and a lot of people don't want to give them up, you know. And they had the paper ones and they had the backlit ones. This is plastic backlit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, it might be tougher to sort of just have as a wall hanger or, or even mount it if it needs to be lit or somehow colored. Yeah, but still a nice item. Yeah, no. A lot of people collect parts of Toronto, and, and that's part of it. Uh, the old signs, uh, I mean, look what they just did with the um, Sam the Record Man sign. They just put it back up again. I don't know, probably co the sign probably originally cost $500. probably cost them 25000 to re-erect it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, people are obsessed with that sign. I don't know why. Uh, you know, I get it. It's a part of the heritage, but it's it's a big cost to keep that thing. You know, it's no longer Sam the Record Man. Somebody else owns it. Now they got to pay for it. And now yeah. we've made it basically a historical thing. So it'll probably be there for a thousand years. And it won't make sense to the next generation who ever even saw a record. Anyway, thanks for your call. Our next caller is going to be um, Pat from Welland. And he has a tea set. Pat, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Patricia. Well, um, your tea set, did you uh, recently turn it over and you saw that it says what on the bottom? It's a Nippon. Yep. Nippon? Yeah. Made and between 1890 and I'm 1920. Sorry? It'll be made between 1890 and 1920. Yes. Uh, Nippon. It'll be um, 
it was very collectible, still is, depending on the quality of, uh, of the tea. Is it a teapot, cream, sugar, and cups and saucers? No, no, just the um, the pot, and there's three cups because as a kid I broke one handle. My dad gave it to me when I was 10. Okay. <laughs> is it a child set, or is it a no, no, adult set? No, it's an set? adult set. Okay. Now, is it got, just going to be a couple of questions, does it have little gold bumps on it? Um... Or just gold? Is it all hand-painted? or It's all hand-painted. And is there, like, little gold bumps on it? I don't know. I, I have a cup here. Let me just take a look at it. That's a certain type. That There are different types of Nippon China, and that was very collectible. Moragi, I don't know. With gold bumps. I, I don't think You it don't does, see it? Okay. But yeah. I'm not certain. Let me... Oh. If it's teapot, cream, and sugar, and... and Two no, or I don't three. have the cream and sugar. It's just the tea. The ah. tea. And I think more than it, it. He always, Dad always said, and my grandmother said, it was a hot chocolate set. Oh, is the spout near the top then? Yes. So it yeah, can be easily clean. Slender container. Yeah, and that okay. Those they were very. They go for about a hundred dollars. Oh, and that's the difference is that you'll have the spout near the top so that you can clean the chocolate out of it. A lot yes. of people confuse it with a coffee pot, and the coffee pot has the spout lower down in the body, and it would be almost impossible to clean the chocolate out of it. Ah, so, interesting. You see? Now, that's where you can take a look. I look at it right away and I'll say, that's a chocolate, that's a coffee. Yeah, no, it's definitely chocolate then because the spout is up at the top. Well, after you get it home, you can always call it whatever you want. I'm just telling you this now. Yeah. <laughs> or use it for whatever you want, but it's hard to clean if you put chocolate in those coffee Well, pots. I hate to use it because I'm afraid something would happen to it. No, no, no. I'm telling I say this on the show. Use this stuff. Enjoy yeah. it. If you're not going to sell it. Now, sometimes I'll tell you something. If something's got a value of $5,000, yes, I'd rather have the, you say, I'd rather have the 5000 than have this coffee pot. But if it's $30, $40, it'll cost you that much to go to a big box store and get something. Enjoy it. Take the memories. Well, I do enjoy it. I have it out so I can look at it all the time. Ah, but use it. And when you have that, okay. when you have that hot She's chocolate... She's nervous to use it. I'm with her. I'm nervous, too. Oh. What if she drops it? She already broke a couple as a kid. Her dad had to replace them. Come on. I'm just saying, when you use this, you're going to think of your dad. Okay, how's oh, that? Yeah, it doesn't take anything to think of my dad. Okay, okay. <laughs> but I've had people who have silver, and they say, I don't want to use it. And I says, if you're not going to melt it with me, and you're going to keep it in a box at home, and just keep it on the shelf, use it or sell it. And, yeah. And I'm not trying to be... You still have to polish it the same way, so might as yeah. well use it, yeah. Use it or sell it, and... Um, because some of you'll use the money for something else, or you'll forget about it. And it's five, ten years from now, it's oh, still on the shelf there. You know, yeah. we haven't used it. Yeah. So, Pat, thanks for your phone call. I will use it. Thank you for taking my call. I You're enjoy welcome. your show. Thank you. We are live. This is Consignment Heroes. In studio is our uh, expert on all things stuff. He found fame and fortune dealing in other people's stuff. Paul Kenny, you know him from Storage Wars Canada and A&E's Northern Treasures. Our next live caller is John in Scarborough. John, how are you? Very well. How are you? Pretty good. And what do you have? Well, uh, my wife, when she was very young, uh, 14 or 15, she has an autograph book, and she would wait outside of uh, Maple Leaf Gardens to get autographs. Okay. Um, so she has Tim Horton, Frank Mahovlich, Red Kelly, uh, Johnny Bauer, uh, and there's a few others in there. Um, and they're just like pages like it this one page is of an you know small autograph book okay and uh, i just wondering if there's any value to it. oh yeah now i'm going to run down them fast uh your tim horton uh, is going to be between 150 and 350 dollars oh really oh wow. yeah no timmy's a bit the other one out of that time period would probably be you got a sawchuck and your jock plant 
Mm. Um, but uh, Tim Horton um, is got, and it sells right away. It yes, sells yes, immediately. Yes. Now, what you'll have to do now, because you, your wife got it, and you, she knows where she got it. And if I saw the book, I would probably give it these values without having it to have it um, authenticated. Right. Just because I uh, Tim Tim autograph is really easy to see to know what it is, and I sometimes judge an autograph by its company that's around. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Now there might be other people in there that I mean, Punch unlocks about a hundred. She might have got um, uh, uh, Harold Ballard. You know. I've got a Har- Harold Ballard business card with his autograph on it. Fifty dollars. Fifty bucks. Oh yep. shit! Very good. Oh, yeah. You can't say that on I the know, air. I no. know. Sorry. I, I... <laughs> Heat of the moment. You're forgiven. I'm sure we can all handle it. Yes. Yes. Sorry. But so, so what would you say? Would you would the suggestion be to sell this book as a whole, or yes. to rip out pages and one by one? What would you do? No. In this case here, uh, let someone. Sometimes they are cut up. I would keep it intact until you get a value on it. And if, if it says, if I don't know what it's on. It's on an autograph book. Now, what you might run the problem on is Tim Horton's on one side and Terry Sajak's on the other side. You can only display right. one side. How are you going to mount that? Right. Okay. But these are what are called cuts. And someone will take the Tim Horton, put it in a frame, if it will happen later, and they'll put a picture of Tim Horton above it and make it into a nice presentation piece. Gotcha. Now, if he's on a program, like I say... Uh, and now here's another thing. It might be if he's, she's got the entire team by whatever reason. Say this is 1963, and she happened to have the entire team. Then you want to keep it intact as a, as an entire unit. Right. And you'll be able to tell that by who else signed, and about and uh, what like say Kent Douglas is there. So that we 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 know it's 1964. Exactly. Okay. I think she. Had, I think at Andy Bathgate maybe. I'm not. Yeah, sure. Bathgate came over in that trade with Bob yes, Nevin and Dickie yes, Duff yes. and all that. Yes. Uh, so then you'll be able to date it by the trades. That's what we do, and I do that same thing with uh, baseballs. Right. I'll judge the whole ball, and I'll see who's on that team. I'll go against my roster, find out what year it is, even though the person might know, and I'll say, yeah, this was 1977. This is a good ball. It's worth t- like an, like the first ball from the Blue Jays is worth probably two hundred fifty dollars. Right, right. Like even the World Series ball is, right. is only worth two hundred fifty three hundred dollars. Wow. But keep it together. Until yeah, not, you get not, your value, and then and then you have your choice. And remember about getting two two appraisals, um, and then you'll say if you want decide you want to sell it. Then you, after you sell it, you won't be able to tell what you won't be able to tell anyone what to do with it. But until that point, I would keep it together. Right, okay. Right. 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 All right. Good stuff, John. Thanks for your phone call. Well, thank you very much. No problem. Our next caller is Mark calling from Toronto. Mark, how are you? Hello. Hey, Mark. How you doing? Uh, I'm fine. How are you guys? Pretty good. good. What do you have? I have a a can of new Coke when they introduced <laughs> the new Coke back in. Is it open or unopened? It's unopened. Ah, Canadian American? Which is it? I bought it in Canada, in Toronto. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I I don't think because a lot of people, it's almost like the last telegram. People, oh, new Coke. I'm going to put one can aside and not drink it forever. Right. Um, and and a lot of people put them aside. There are some people who want them. Um, but I'm five ten dollars, and if they yeah, do, I was gonna say it's probably gonna sell quick because Coke can collectors are pretty uh, yeah, they're pretty big big audience there, but it might not be more yeah. than a few dollars, I would guess. Yeah, but it's okay. cool to have. Sorry, it's cool oh, to oh, it's have. Good. Oh yeah. No, yeah, yeah, all right. And a lot of people will take the bottom. What they do is empty them out anyway. But you can have it, but you have to if you open a can for collecting, you got to open from the bottom, not from the top. Ah, that's new. 
That's oh, good. to just drain the fluids out. Just drain the fluids out. I gotta I tell you, it's... if I'm buying some ancient can of soda, I want it intact. I don't know. I guess it's heavier to ship if it's sold, though, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm just saying that's what some people do who have large collections. There, there's a certain, I guess, etiquette or the right way to collect Coke cans. But it's a huge, huge collectible. But mainly what they're thinking is because a Coke can from 19, 1920s worth money, they think the new ones are. The, the 20s cans are a whole lot. There's not that many people, um, you know, there's not that many of them around that are intact. And this can would just be 250 milliliters, obviously. Yeah, it's 250. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think it was sometime in the 90s when we punched out the cans. To, now they're, what, 355. Yeah. And You'll be able to date it by that. In accordance. Yeah. yeah. All right, so only not that much. Mark, thanks for your phone call. Okay. And sure I should say something about Canadian, though. Up here in Canada, because we're a smaller country, but a very sophisticated country, and we do have collectors here, there are a Coke can maybe from Canada from 1950 will be worth something to the American collectors because they don't have it. There's a lot of collectibles up here in our basements up here in Canada made for just – it's slightly different. It'll be either in French and English. It'll yes. be – and people will collect the Canadian variation. That's the best way to put it. Interesting. Okay. So yeah, that, well, we have all these weird packaging laws in Canada. Like, I can, when I was in high school, I worked for a company for a little while where all they did was, I think it was a Kellogg's company, and they would literally take, like, cornflakes or whatever it is, and just take it out of its old box and put it into its new box to be in accordance <laughs> with Canadian, you know, because we have to have everything French and English. So this whole company, all they did was repackage things with the new labels or the new boxes. Yeah. And that's how they made a fortune doing it. Uh, our next caller is going to be Dave. Dave's calling from Aurora. Dave, yes, how are afternoon. you? Pretty good. What do you have? I've got, well, you've answered my first question. I've got a Tim Horton autograph picture. And, oh, wait a minute. Uh, I didn't answer oh, that one there. an autograph picture. Pictures okay. are worth more. On oh. a postcard or a photo. Um, I, the other person had it in a scrapbook. That was just a cut. On a picture is worth much more. Okay. Yeah, is it an 8 by 10 or a card? What is it? It is a black and white. It's about a 5 by 7 That's and, a postcard. A mm -hmm. black and white in his leaf days, and uh, you know, typical pose. And I, I used to play hockey in a, a kids' league. He used to sponsor one of the teams, Tim Horton Motors. Mm -hmm. And um, he used to come out to the games. He was a marvelous man, uh, my hero. Mm -hmm. And so I've had this forever, and it's all dog-eared. But I was just kind of curious what it would be worth, and I was surprised when you mentioned the the card being worth, or the autograph being worth a hundred bucks or whatever, you know? one hundred and fifty or more. Uh, now I have a question about you. Is it on a like looks like a postcard blank backed, or does it have a cream-colored backing on it, like a border? It's just like a postcard back. Yeah, they put Lapiel got those signed. They were sold at the at uh, the gardens. Um, That'd be in the high end, three fifty to four fifty five hundred, on an eight by ten photo autograph. Though is it not? It's totally legit, or are you saying it's a print? Is it a print? Uh, no, it's it's a legit autograph. I had it oh, autographed okay. about four times, but over the years, I remember I had it on a hockey stick that since disappeared, and so on and so forth. But this is the one remaining thing I, I have that was autographed by him. Uh, just. For the record, and Paul, you probably know this, is the the Tim Hortons logo is actually his autograph without the S on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, he spent a lot of money to, to a consultant. Something else, too, I'm curious about. I've got a Beatles box set um, that I got from Britain in the 70s. 
and there's there's actually two of them. There's one with albums, and then there's one with all the original singles. And just wondering if if they've appreciated. I remember I paid quite a bit for them in the day, but just wondered if they they'd appreciated in value. Depends on Never which planned. one and which country again. But I think we just have them recently in our place between two fifty and three hundred dollars. Now, if the box, it depends on which box set it is. Um, like I say, if it's out of Japan and we bought it in Britain, the Japanese uh, records are, as a general rule, worth more to the collectors. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, I'll have a Madonna. We had a Madonna set that was made in Japan. Same thing in USA is $10. Japanese one is worth $275. Mm-hmm. Okay? So it, it not only matters what the product is, it matters what condition it's in. Is it still sealed in the box, or did you actually, you actually played the Beatles stuff? Uh, I haven't played it. I've got. I'm kidding. Got other copies of everything, you know, CDs and everything. So I never played it. Um, yeah. Just been sitting sitting there, just tucked away. Okay. And uh, so it's it's British copies. It's all the original. I think it's thirteen British, the original British releases. You have to tell me which one. You have to send a picture in because the Beatles have been repackaged and repackaged and repackaged because uh-huh. there's a certain amount of merchandising goes on with that. And they mm-hmm. they want certain to make- <laughs> amount, yeah. It's like the most insane amount for Beatles stuff. I'm being I'm being uh, yes, sarcastic. I understand. Okay, yes, I yes, promised my wife I wouldn't be sarcastic today. Okay, fair um, enough. Fair enough. So you'd need to peg down which version, which, which era. Version. Is it made to look older? Is it made where it says it is? All these sorts of things. Yeah, because there's so many repops of this stuff. Um, of or it could Dave, be a promo. thank you so much for your call. Yeah. And uh, Tim Horton's autograph, that's pretty cool. Uh, we should tell you that Paul Kenny has a store that you can visit to drop off or get assessments or, uh, you know, sell anything that you have. The store is located at 10,341 Young Street in Richmond Hill. So that's right on Young Street, just north of Major McKenzie, 10,341 Young Street in Richmond Hill. You can call his store during regular work week hours. The number is 905-737-GOLD. That's 905- 905737 gold. You're listening right now to Consignment Heroes on Zuma Radio, and if you have a rare or interesting item you'd like a free assessment of, you can give us a call at the station right now. Our number is 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. Don't worry if you're out of town, we have a toll-free number. That number is 1-866-740-4740. That's 1-866-740-4740. We'll be right back. Your collection of old coins is worth exactly what someone is willing to pay for it. The highest paid prices for old silver coins and gold jewelry are at Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins. So the only number you should have in your head is this one. 905-737-GOLD. Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins buys and sells. So what does a bar of bullion go for these days? Wrong question. What's it going for right now? For up-to-the-minute prices, call 905-737-GOLD. Hi, Paul Kenny here, Consignment Hero. Boxes are truly amazing things. They come in all shapes and sizes, and they do a remarkable job of storing your stuff. And the folks at Mississauga Cartons know how important it is to find the right box. For over 35 years, they've provided thousands of satisfied customers with a wide range of packaging, boxes, and shipping materials. I use them. So should you. Mississauga Cartons. Check them out at mississaugacartons.com and be a hero like me. Welcome back to Consignment Heroes on Zuma Radio. We are live this Sunday afternoon taking your calls. 
Any inquiries about your stuff? Maybe it's something that's been lying in the basement or the garage for decades and decades. Who knows? An old card collection, an old shovel, anything you think is interesting that might have a special value, you can call in now and have an expert tell you what it is. What have we learned lately that, uh, Paul, you're dealing in uh, high-end handbags now, used or yes. otherwise, uh, costume jewelry, all markets that people have ignored for years and years and years that you can now possibly find a little fortune in it. So whether you have gold, silver, fine china, or figurines, or antique toys, or record players, whatever you have, you can call in with a question about it if you're interested in selling. Maybe it's an entire house you need to clear out. Uh, our number is 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. You can visit Paul at his store. It's located on Young Street in Richmond Hill. The address is 10,341 Young Street. That's 10341 Young Street. Our next caller is Stephen. He's calling from North York. Stephen, you're live on Zuma Radio. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Good afternoon. About 40 years ago, a friend and I were driving back from Florida, and we got stopped in Georgia for speeding. Uh, back then, they actually arrested you, and we went to their whatever we paid. What? Wait, wait, wait. Stop. How fast were you going? Some, some beverages, and I have a six-pack of Billy Beer. Billy Beer was Billy uh, Jimmy Carter's brother, yep. and they had named a beer after him. Yep, nineteen mm -hmm. about nineteen seventy in that area, right? Yeah, Stephen, exactly. how fast were you going no, in Florida that you got arrested? Well, no, we were driving back through Georgia, and you oh, know, in Georgia, Georgia. speed, and they find you're from out of the country. They arrest you, they take you in. We had to pay a hundred dollars cash, and they said we could go. Yeah, yeah. That's what we did. I used to drive down to North Carolina all the time, and there was two towns that. I was wondering, so these are the busiest cops in the world because there was five cops in the town, and they always had someone pulled over. Yeah. And that exactly. was the only way, because I, I went through enough. I said, oh, oh, five are busy. I can go now, you know. Yeah. But it was like, it, and they got, I think they were on 60 Minutes as this town was actually featured that three-quarters of the town's revenue came from speeders. Right, especially wow. from out of, well, out of state, out of country. They, they nailed you. They nailed you good. Yeah. yeah, but you must have been flying. I think on the interstate in Georgia, the speed limit's 70 miles an hour. Yeah, we were probably doing a little bit more than that. But, you know, but. <laughs> Is this before or after you bought the Billy Beer? I'm kidding. No, okay. Um, it goes for around, uh, it's about 10 to $15 because a lot of people put it away. Uh, because Jimmy Carter was pretty famous then, and, and Billy was um, a little bit outspoken, I guess, is the best right, way to right, put it. Right, right, right. Yeah, he was a little outside the family. Yeah, outside. party animal. Yeah, and yeah, All but right, well, I just have it. It's never, you know, we're just kind of collecting dust. We'll just hang on to it. Oh yeah, but hey, but the story. I love the story. <laughs> okay, great. Thanks, but wait a second, Paul. It, it, you know, he's calling from Canada. Is this not worth more in America, or is it rarer to find in Canada? No, it's ten. A lot of people brought him back. A lot of people. It was like a souvenir, uh, and people bring it back. A lot. You might not believe this, Ben, but a lot of people go down to Florida for the winter, mm, and they drive down. Back and forth, and they bring back some souvenirs, including Billy Beer. Including Billy Beer. Gene from Brampton. Gene, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Pretty good. And what do you have? I have uh, a lot of jewelry, like um, uh, the brooches and whatnot. Probably the '40s, '50s, '60s. Okay. Um, they were my mother-in-law's and my mother's, and I've had them sitting in boxes here, and 
And I was just wondering how I deal with that. You can bring it into our shop. We have myself. I can go through it. And we have a person who worked in a jewelry store for 12 years. Uh-huh. And we tell you what the better stuff and the, and, and, um, the costume. We separate the gold and silver from the costume. Okay. And not because the costume is worthless, but we have to separate that. Because usually the gold value of a piece will be higher than what you could get as a uh-huh. collectible. Okay. Not always, but sometimes that happens. Like it'll be, I'll say here there's $320 with the gold. Or do you want to sell this for $100? Dollars or three twenty. Mm-hmm. Most people pick the three twenty. Mm-hmm. In costume, we're going to we need names, and okay. uh, a lot. So the of, name uh, would be. Uh, it's just a name. It's not a, a symbol or anything. Sometimes it's a symbol, like Sherman. In nineteen fifty, if uh, if you were a secretary in nineteen fifty, you spent a week's pay on a brooch and an earring set. Wow. Okay. Well, you know that that's what it cost. It was very yeah. expensive. You Even got this costume. Gift. It's that much. Costume. Yeah. I just we just sold a red uh, necklace and earrings. I think for 190 US. Oh. I believe. And now color matters. Uh, oh. Crystal's not as good as the Oreo Borealis. If you go into your reds and blues, it's better. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and or if you have something like a cuff, which would have cost a lot of money back then. Mm-hmm. But we separate. We have we go through and we say, here's your good costume. Here's your bad costume. Here's what's and sometimes we'll just say, this is a whole tray full. This is worth $150. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm. Right. Which is better than what you're going to do if you give it out to the church or, or something like that. They'll put it out for a dollar a piece. And mm-hmm. then those people who buy it at those church bazaars bring it into us. Oh, I see. But, yeah. And it all depends. It's better sometimes to give us the costume. And if you want to donate the money to the church, then donate money to them. Mm-hmm. That's what I always say. That's, mm-hmm. And they always know how to spend that. Okay. But on, um, you can bring it in. Some if it's an awful lot, uh, we, it might take us a day or so. But normally we can do, we can do it within an hour or so. Oh, wow! Okay, I have quite a few. I have them all in little bags, little plastic bags. Yep, and, and he'll and have to take it out box. of all those bags. Um, Pardon me. He'll have to take it out of those bags. But he'll separate according to, like I say, names: Sherman, Chaparelli, oh, uh, Weiss. A lot of the American um, costume. Like, we have one piece of, uh, it's actually gold costume, as I call it. It's worth $16,000. Wow. And we sold a piece a couple weeks ago for, I think, 550 or $600. Ooh. <laughs> for a piece of costume. Wow. I think it was Chanel, but it was something we spotted. And we said, no, this is worth this kind of money. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, but the, the biggest downer on people is when they bring in silver, and they think because it's silver. But because it's jewelry, it doesn't weigh a lot. Mm-hmm. So there's only... If someone bring twenty pieces, I this is only it only weighs sixty grams, wow. and this is not that heavy, and um, it doesn't sell as much. We, we melt a lot of silver jewelry, unless it's got its name like um, uh, Jensen. Mm-hmm. We sold a Jensen ring last week uh, for three hundred dollars. I think three hundred U.S. Ooh. Now that was for approximately five or six grams of silver, mm-hmm. and we got mm. more for this silver ring than we would if it was made out of gold. Wow. And that's because of the name, and that's why we go through it. And I tell people, even if, even if you don't come to us and you go to someone else, don't just put your pile on there and let them take it to a back room and go through it. Mm-hmm. Be, make sure they're transparent. Make sure they're telling you, this is worth this, this is worth this, and this is worth that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. if you're not comfortable with what they're saying, you don't have to sell it all. Like we, That's right. And I'm just saying, I want people to, I'm trying to empower them a tiny bit because a lot of people get overwhelmed with the guy saying, no, you have to sell it to us. Don't. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. Be comfortable with what you're selling. And we just try and say, here's what it's worth. Mm-hmm. And you make your decision. You know, like I say, I put out my two hands. Like if you were seeing me on the radio right now, mm-hmm. I have two hands. One hand says, I'd rather have the money. The other hand mm-hmm. says, I'd rather have the jewelry. Mm-hmm. It's always that balancing act 
Where are you well, saying? we have a family. It's male, so nobody's going to take it. You know, all the jewelry. Yeah, I think it's, I know. Uh, As a male, <laughs> I know. There's no grandchildren or grand, you know, anybody to hand them down to. I'll trade you yeah. for baseball cards. How's that? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll give you money. I'll give you money. Yeah. And so, Gene, okay. you can go to the store and they can give you a, a full rundown of the entire collection and break it down from real okay. to sort of costume and then by brand name in the costume and these sorts okay. of things. And so that's the store's a, that's your um, hundred, what, a thousand and no, ten thousand. Ten thousand. Three forty-one Young Street. We're um, north of Major Mac, south of Elgin Mills. We're 75 feet from the beer store. Bogart's not here to get mad at me for saying yeah, that. He doesn't like that association. <laughs> he doesn't like the association. That's why, like, keep it classy. Just 10,341 Young Street in Richmond Hill on Young, just north of Major McKenzie. Well, I'm not implying that people come into my store, take the money, and then go to the beer store. That's it's beer money? Yeah. No, yeah. I just I feel like he, he, he wants it, you know, better association. Is there another store that you could associate with? Yeah, there's a liquor store right next to it. <laughs> okay. Say a fancy LCBO is right next door. That's probably a little bit more upscale. But, Gene, thank you for your phone call. Thank you. Our next caller is Scott. Scott is coming from Toronto. And I think he's got some sports memorabilia. Scott, how are you? I'm, I'm good. And you guys? Great. What do you have? Uh, I've got uh, a 1990, uh, 1991 upper deck complete set of hockey cards. <sighs> I've got uh, I've got it in a a, a binder. Uh, there, there's uh, 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 clear plastic pages in there. There's uh, nine cards on each sheet. Sheet and there's. I know. Okay. 20 feet. Okay. Here's what your problem is here. In 1988, remember I said back a while ago that I had my comic, my card and comic shop in 19, late, late 80s, early 90s. We had 25,000 square feet. And we were selling cards like there was no tomorrow. We had trailer loads coming in. Okay. Unfortunately, that means that there's a lot of those around. Yeah. And Upper Deck had the same thing. They, they, had, they supposedly had a limited distribution. But, unfortunately, they kept on limiting, not non-limiting their limited distribution, and they made a lot of these. And uh, your set's worth $30, $40, and I don't think there's any rookies in it. Your 1989 upper deck has got Ken Griffey Jr., uh, 90 and 91. Everyone's making cards. There's a lot of them out here. This is a case of supply and demand. Yeah. Demand is not that high anymore. Supply is enormous. Oh, okay. All I right. can leave them in my parking lot, and they won't steal them. But yeah. we, we, what we do is we put them into auction, and then you got to just, if they're not good to you, or, or if you have grandkids, just hand them down to them. You don't care what they do with them because they're not wrecking anything. Yeah, okay. But All you right. get before I... that, if you have stuff when you were a kid, and you sound a little older than this, um, from the 60s and 50s, we bought a collection this week, and it's like a 1967 Bobby Orr can go between five and $15,000 for one, one hockey card. People recognize this card. This is the card where it looks like he's inside a TV set. It's number 35, and if it's on the one printed in USA, it's probably worth $25,000. This wow. is why people have this stuff in their basements, and they don't think about it, but it's, that... They say, oh, or, yeah, someone offers you $200, yeah, I'll take it. Not, you don't want to take 200 if it's worth 25000 yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. we also, like, and also you might have stuff like old ticket stubs. Like a ticket stub to the last time the Leafs won the, um, the Stanley Cup, probably worth about a grand. Ooh. <laughs> okay? Now, there, a lot of people say they were there, but the people actually have the stubs. is a little bit different, okay? Yeah. And even the programs, any of the pro- old programs from the 1960s are worth $30, 40 $50, depending on the condition of them. 
And sometimes you'll go through and say, I forgot I found that, that. Oh, yeah, George Armstrong was there that day, and he signed this for me. He was in a good mood, you know. And that's people, they, they signed back then. Or like some, an earlier caller said, she waited outside Maple Leaf Gardens. As they came out, they signed. You know, people, hockey players are really, really nice people. Yes. Okay. <laughs> some of them, yeah. Some of them. of them. Yes. I, okay, I don't want to mention enough. bad ones here. No. Okay. <laughs> we got to take a quick break. You're listening to Con, uh, Consignment Heroes live on Zuma Radio. Our phone lines are open. If you have a rare or interesting item or collection that you're curious about its value, you can give us a call at 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. We'll be right back. Watching Sam at work, you're reminded of mom's home cooking. Make it from scratch, never from a box. Mom would always say that. Having cabinets built by new generation is a lot like that. Because when you love what you do as much as Sam does, and you're as good at it as Sam is, would you serve your family prefab? New generation kitchens and bathrooms of Guelph. Made with love. From scratch. Call 519-836-8300 and meet Sam at his family-run factory. Estates have a sentimental value and a real value. Which one do you think sells? An estate appraisal by Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins is valued for the honesty and experience of Paul and Bogart, who always arrive with three options. They'll buy it from you, sell it for you, or tell you what the estate is worth. And their live online auction, held every month, is a great way to sell on consignment. Need an estate appraised? There's really only one choice. Call 905-737-GOLD. Welcome back to Consignment Heroes on Zuma Radio. We're live this Sunday afternoon taking your calls on your old or interesting items that you have lying around. Maybe they have some special value. Well, Paul Kenny's in studio. He's one of the stars of Storage Wars Canada and A&E's Northern Treasures, also the star of this show, Consignment Heroes on Zuma Radio. He's at your service, and Heather is our next caller. Heather is calling from Oshawa. How are you, Heather? I'm good, thank you. And what do you have? Well, I heard the fellow call in about the can of Coke, so I thought I'd call in about two cans of beer. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they are unopened, and they on the front they have a Harley-Davidson motorcycle, and mm-hmm. they have the logo uh, Daytona 1987, and the other one's Daytona 1993. Daytona. Okay. That's weird. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a weird one. Harley David, anything, when you're getting to that 90s, 80s, 90s time is when people like, you had the Franklin Mint, you had, everyone was getting into the collectible part of it, okay? So yeah. your Harley Davidson, because they had a great name, they licensed that out, and they would license it out to anyone who wanted to make a product. Like beer, pencil sharpeners, keychains. Yeah, and this has been going on for over 100 years, yeah, by this, the way. Yeah. This company's Joe's Huber Brewing Company in Florida. Okay. Yeah. So they would have gotten the, the thing. They probably saw the, 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 the uh, happiness that Billy Beer brought to, uh, to Mr. Billy. And they said, we want to make some money, too. Um, Harley-Davidson probably is a beer thing. This would probably be worth a 5 to $10 a can. Oh. Because it's yeah, Harley. That- yeah, it's not old enough. They have uh, Harley-Davidson Bike Week in Daytona, and I think like six packs or 12 packs sell for $30 of this. Some, the, obviously for motorcycles, like I mean, Daytona is not really the motorcycle. Like, I mean, it is, but it's not like Sturgis. Pabst, like Pabst Blue Ribbon, they've been associated with uh, Harley-Davidson since the 80s for uh, Sturgis. And yeah. so I knew that's a very strong collector's market. Okay. But yeah, Harley-Davidson has been putting their name. I mean, I think you can still buy a Harley-Davidson pickup truck. Like they, they do a lot of... 
you know, mugs and collectibles and hats and rings and necklaces. So I don't know that the Daytona one is that famous. Even if it's 1987. Yeah, here we've got 16 cans for every year, and they have it for $68. Oh, okay. So, and that's Canadian money. And that's right. because they're pride. A lot of these companies are really good marketers. Our Davidson, Coca-Cola, they're not going to put some, unless they were doing a test market in uh, Upper Boot, Manitoba, and that's the only place that got something, and then it would be worth money because, and what would have, have to happen is that the test flops, and they say, okay, we made these, but we're not going to bring it out nationally. Then you would have a product that would be good because everyone nationally would want to be buying one of those cans. Okay. Okay. Do you understand? You know, that's it's kind of the, the the thinking of how collectors work. If there's a lot of it around, nobody wants it. If there's no one, none of it around, everybody wants it. Uh, okay? okay. It's still worth money. It's worth yeah. more than your typical can of beer. It's just <laughs> it's not, not worth like fifty dollars a can or anything like that. And it's not drinkable, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We've all we all get to that point. We have to drink something. No. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, we're gonna go to Heidi. Heidi is calling from Eastwood. Heidi, how are you? Hi there. I'm fine. Hi. How are you today? Good. And what do you have? Well, I have a child set of china, uh, which was made in Japan. Okay. It's good. I've got six cups and saucers, the complete tea set of a cream, sugar, and teapot. And four side plates, and I've got it in a curio cabinet on my wall in the living room. Now it says on the bottom that it's Nijon from Japan. Okay, now what is there a special theme of? Is it like Mickey Mouse? Is it? Uh... No, it's it's flowers. Yeah, and it's got a caramel base on it. Yeah, you're probably talking 10 to 20 $15, because what you want to have here on so you get a child set, because they would have brought that over uh, and then sold a lot of it over here in Canada and the United States, but the ones that stand out would be something if it was a Disney product, or it was Winnie, Winnie the Pooh, because what you have is the Disney people collecting it, or the Winnie the Pooh people collecting it, or some kind, of, or maybe it was a royalty or something like that, but if it's just just flowers you're not going to have a someone is there's not that many people who collect child's tea sets just want flowers on them they'll they, they can get them all the time they can give them some of the markets and stuff and unless it was amazing you know what i mean and it sounds like uh something that would have been sold in your kresge's or uh uh um what's the wall not the predators or walmart yeah something like that back in that time period okay mm. And they, they brought it over here, and, they, and they, that was what you give as a children. I mean, to the kids. You gave them dolls. The girls got dolls and tea sets. So too bland a pattern for the kids. Yeah. Still a quality set and vintage and all that sort of stuff, but kids usually go for the more flashy. It's got Goofy on the side of it or Mickey Mouse, yeah. so that'll sell faster for more money. Our next caller is Ron from the Township of King. Ron, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Good. What do you have? I have um, an Eddie Shack lunch pail. Mm. This, this lunch pail is bright orange plastic. It has metal uh, closures on the top. It's complete with a thermos inside made of metal. And on the side, on one panel of the lunch pail, it's got a decal 
showing Eddie Shack, and he's racing a train. They're both on a set of railway tracks. And Clear the Eddie track. Shack. Here comes Shack. Yeah, yeah. Clear the track <laughs> for Eddie Shack. And I just noticed something very interesting. The hockey stick that he is holding has a curved blade, so curved and exaggerated, almost like a banana. And this is something that Punch Imlac did. He told Eddie Shack to go out on the ice with an impossibly curved stick in protest of the Chicago Blackhawks, who yep. had Stan Makita and Bobby Hull with these curved sticks. He hated them. So Shaq skated around in the pregame warm-up, but he didn't actually use the stick uh, in the game. The stick was so curved it almost contained the puck. But anyway. Okay. He was mocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was. This is this a, is a great piece. No, no, it's actually, it goes to right to what I just said about something, about the, the test market. The Eddie Shack lunch pails, I can't, can't I've, until you mentioned it two minutes ago, I'd never heard of it, okay? I've seen thousands of lunch pails because uh, someone called me in this week about a, a, a James Bond lunch pail. The, the value is up to $2,500. Now, oh. the Eddie Shack lunch pail, I've never seen it. It's good that you have the thermos with it. It probably adds 50% to the value. Uh-huh. If it's in really good shape, uh, I've never, I've, I'm going to say $150, $250, and, uh, and I'd have to do some research on that because if you told me a Bonanza one, there's a market on it. But the, an Eddie Shack uh, lunch pail, lunchbox, 1967, I would say this is kind of one of those products that they test marketed. Uh-huh. Not enough people bought it because a lot of people maybe in Toronto love Shack, but they did. Uh-huh. You know, he wasn't exactly a role model. Um, <laughs> no, I don't. In a way, that makes him more collectible. He also yeah. had a uh, didn't he? I, I don't. He just had one donut shop, but I think in Caledon or Orville, yeah. there was yeah. Eddie Shack That's Donuts. Right. I don't yeah, know. Right at the yeah. intersection there, Eddie Shack's uh, donut. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's, I had um, Eddie Shack could not write anything. He's almost. He doesn't know. How to, he doesn't know how to spell. Mm-hmm. And when we had him at a show doing autographs, he would only only sign his name, Eddie Shack. Not he could not personalize anything. Yeah. And it was kind of funny. We had some file letters from Maple Leaf Gardens, uh-huh. and they would say, Eddie, you're, you did this, 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 and this, and sign at the bottom to acknowledge you got this letter. And we knew he couldn't read it. And we had a letter from I think, Maple Leaf Gardens. They said, if we, train him for t- if we put him in school for three, two years, we might be able to get him up to grade three reading. Wow. That's an actual letter out of Maple Leaf Gardens files. Oh, I, I mean, oh. I'm just saying it's, it's something like to that effect. I haven't got the letter right in front of me. Mm-hmm. Nice guy. Uh, signed everything. Uh, he was good with all the kids. Uh, made them all feel good. Um, but a Shack lunch pail. Gee, you know something? It's going to do well. You don't know how well. Is the story. I don't know how well you stumped me. Waited some one fifty four of our show to get stumped. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm. You know something? Even that might even go more. It might go three four hundred dollars because I would. I've never heard of it. The plastic uh, lunch pail itself, as I would say, is in mint condition. The decal on the side, it is complete, but it is made of paper. There, there's a few ripples. There's no tears in it. Okay. But it is intact and still glued down. And uh, anyway, it's a nice caricature of um, Eddie Shack, and he's in full, going full tilt down the railroad track, yep. racing a diesel train. <laughs> I think that's got to be 66, 67. That's when that whole thing happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, yeah, I'd love to see it. In, in fact, I'd love to just send me a picture just so I just see it. Oh, um, and, and you if you're listening out. live and you happen to have one of these lying in your basement, bring it back to life because it's probably going to sell really well. Hmm. Yeah, and okay. you can send that off to sales at torontogoldsilver.com. And I, I, 
I've got genuine interest in seeing this. And I don't know if you want to sell it, but I'd like to see it, and then I can bounce it off a couple other collectors. They might say, no, Paul, this Did is Did you say torontogoldsilver.com? Yep, all one word. Sales at torontogoldsilver.com. Sales yeah. at torontogoldsilver.com. Or you can come to the store at 10,341 Young Street. What would, yeah. Rum, what would it take to get this thing off of you? I mean, if, if Paul goes, I'll give you 150 cash right now for you. What are you saying? Well, I don't know. <laughs> uh, loaded question. I have a little affinity to, to the, the Maple Leaf uh, collectibles, I guess. I only have a few, but uh, I used to go down there to the, a lot of the games at Maple Leaf Gardens with my dad. He was the sales manager. Uh, the, he was, sorry, he was the office manager at CCM, and I used oh. to work there in the summers. And, on the Do you have any of pictures? Stage. The CCM hockey pictures? Um, I, hmm. No, I don't. I have a Chicago Blackhawks Bobby Hall picture. Probably eight by ten. I want to say this. I've got some slides, some thirty-five millimeter slides of the Prolite skates. I don't know where they came from, but of my father's. Uh, Anything like that? I, that's the kind of stuff that we don't get all the time. If you work for a big company like CCM or the banks and stuff, it's the stuff that's like, as I say, it's on the other side of the wall that the public doesn't get to get. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. CCM had a, has a long history with hockey, going back in the 30s with Charlie Conacher, and, and, and they did the skates and all that, and then they went and did the bikes thing. CCM mm-hmm. is one of our iconic companies that anything associated with hockey and CCM is worth money. In fact, I bought four stand-ups for a gentleman, $10,000 for four mm-hmm. advertising stand-ups from the 1930s, and he paid me in a New York second for them. Okay, well, I'll tell you what, we've got to wrap things up. Oh, okay. So, Ron, can we put you on hold and grab your information? We'll get you to swap information so, Paul, you guys can at least talk off off okay. air and yeah. maybe Paul can yeah. finagle that lunch pail from you. Who knows? <laughs> All right. So, uh, Sebastian Hearn, if you can put Ron on hold and just gather up his details, if he's comfortable, and then hopefully you guys can uh, wheel and deal off the air. But, yeah. uh, Paul, you had some final thoughts for this week. What oh, did you yeah. want to say? Yeah, no, this week we had... Um, uh, someone came in, like I say, we're in the gold and silver business. Someone sold their house and came in and bought 2,000 ounces of gold. I mean, so, sorry, silver. Okay. Wow. And I'm recommending people do this. And I'm trying to recommend, I'm not recommending they buy silver. I'm saying if you are, you decide to buy silver and gold, please call us and then find out what a better price is. Okay. Because if, it, if I, have a na- I have another place that if you bought one thing, this person saved $2,300 by buying from us than buying it from my neighbor and other shops uh, on this on this silver, okay? And I'm, like I say, I don't want to... Did uh, you say they bought 2,000 ounces? That's like more than... That's yeah. like $40,000, $45,000 yes. worth of silver. Yes. Coins? Yes, maples. Because people wow. buy... And we sell the bars as well. Like Our prices on this stuff is are very, very reasonable. I just want people to call us. If you're planning on buying some silver or gold... We do have it. We can get it with, either we have it right there or we can get within it one day. You will save hard cash. You will save money by buying your gold and silver from us. And if you're going to sell silver, we also buy, we're one of the biggest scrap people that we buy. So if you've got a sterling tea set at home, we do buy it, okay? We're like paying 54 cents a gram. I, I challenge other dealers to pay more than us. If someone wants to pay more, sell it to them. If someone's paying less, you should sell it to us. Okay? And, and if you you're can, bu- 
Go ahead. Visit the store at 10,341 Young Street. Even Silver Plate, you guys buy. Yeah, yeah. Again, the location, 10,341 Young Street. That's in Richmond Hill, just north of Major McKenzie on Young Street. Again, 10,341 Young Street. You can call them at the store. The number is 905-737-GOLD. That's 905-737-GOLD. If you want them to get eyes on something you own, send an email photo to sales at torontogoldsilver.com. That's sales at torontogoldsilver.com. Special thanks to show producer Sebastian Hearn. Everyone have a great day. Paul, we'll see you next week. Thank you. We had a great time today, didn't we? Bye. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.